Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. I have a question for you. Are you a seminar-attending, information-gathering, book-reading, spiritual junkie? For all the investment of time and money, have you found teachers that have told you exactly how to do the work? Have you discovered these specific tips that someone else can do for you to get you where you want to be? Oftentimes, when we run after other teachers or we try to get something from the outside of us, we find that those spiritual teachings are very good, but it can be frustrating because it's not necessarily us doing the work ourselves. I'm very excited about today's show. One of my favorite people on the planet are here, Alea Deo, and she has written a new book, and it is fabulous, highly recommended for any individual that wants to expand their personal growth and their spiritual growth their soul growth. This is a book that really helps you take responsibility for your own life. And there are very few teachers that will actually help you do that. I actually, instead of calling them teachers, I call them examples. Because to me, they're the key leaders of our time. They're the key leaders of the new age, the new world that wants to be born. Those that truly empower you to discover that you are the only way to your own growth. The title of the book is Seven Cups of Consciousness. Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms. Alea Dow is a healer for more than 20 years, and she began her career at the age of 20 as a massage therapist, went on to get her master's degree in oriental medicine, and began her first alternative healing clinic in Telluride, Colorado, the healing company. She moved to California in 2004 and opened her healing doors in Santa Barbara and online. In 2009, she began delivering her audio and video Cups of Consciousness Meditations, to subscribers all over the world. When Alea is not working with clients, recording meditations, or creating sound healing music, she spends time on water with dolphins and whales, paddleboards, gardens, designs, fairy compounds, and daydreams about her next creative endeavor. This is truly a gifted healer and an incredible soul on the planet that's going to give you some information that you may not have heard before. So buckle your seatbelt and get ready to go over on a ride into your own divine line. Welcome, Alea Deo, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, Simran. It's great to be here. It's awesome to have you. I love your work. I'm very familiar with, with everything that you do and have had you on the show before. So I'm thrilled that you're finally sharing this in written form and that you've also uh, given people an opportunity to get a free daily Cups of Consciousness or Talk Up session uh, if they're going to cupsofconsciousness.com, in addition to some supportive meditations that go with the book. And so I'd like to start off, first of all, uh, as to how you got to the point where you really gleaned exactly what these Cups of Consciousness are and how vital they are to our own personal growth and soul development. It was actually a process that took over a decade. And whenever you teach something, you learn it to a deeper degree. And in 2005, I started teaching these principles, concepts that I used to change my own life and then was helping clients change theirs. And so over the course of these 10 years of exploring these seven sentences, seven concepts, 
I got deeper and deeper. And then in the process of writing the book, I got even deeper of the how, of how to really embody these seven concepts in a very deep and profound way to make some major changes in your life. So I know that if you were to just look at the statements, these concepts appear really elegant in their simplicity, but at the core, they're quite complex. Can you talk about the distinction between those two when it comes to these statements? Because a lot of people might um, might think, oh, well, I do this anyway, or I could do this, and then they forget about it and they move on with their lives and they're still living in the same chaos that they've been living in. So I think that's an important delineation that we need to start off with from the get-go. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And it's one thing to understand something at a mental level, but it's another thing to understand it at an energetic core soul level and also for our body to understand these concepts as well so that it becomes the baseline that we're moving from as opposed to having to effort. And it takes a while to get these seven concepts as the baseline. And as we move through the seven concepts, uh, it's not only just about integrating them. We exist in layers. And so every time we come up against a bump, then it is going to refer back to one of those seven concepts or a a combination of them. Is that true? Yeah. And really the seven concepts are a formula for how to work through the challenges in your life from a place of clarity and empowerment and minimize the thrashing component. For me, I'm a little bit of an energetic prima donna. I don't like being uncomfortable for very long. And so when discomfort comes up, discordant energy, tumultuous emotions, I really like to look at it as how can I use this simply as a weight and get strong in the most efficient way possible. And so those seven concepts are really designed to help people literally walk through any one of those doorways or sip from any one of those cups, the first one, the second one, the fourth one, the fifth one, whichever one resonates, and then literally use it to unpack the challenge and then transform it. You know, it's so easy to forget that we are energy beings. When we get caught up in the chaos of life, when we see the muck and the mire, you know, when the floods come in, when the, when the situations and the relationships get tenuous, so many things that can happen that make us feel so physical and almost as if that's all that exists. But you're very clear in your book that we live in both a physical and a non-physical dimension. So can you talk about the difference between those two dimensions for us? Yeah, our, one of the reasons why we do think that it's just a physical world and we forget about the energy is because we, are, we have the framework of the lens of the body. And so often we over-identify I over-identify ourselves with our body, thinking that we are literally the car we drive or the horse we ride. And so when you start to recognize that you are a light being that has its own unique consciousness that actually exists in a different dimension other than the physical one, and that your body is the one having the physical experience, and you start taking more responsibility for just your light body being that rides in the body but isn't the body, and then the body starts taking more responsibility responsibility for its physical self and its energetic self, then we start getting more discernment about these two different worlds that we live in simultaneously. And it's important to understand that the physical dimension, from my perspective, is actually a reflection of the higher realms. 
So anything that shows up in the physical, there's actually a blueprint being held in a higher realm. And the whole premise of the book is to use these higher realms to change the physical world. If we want to change the reflection on the mirror, we don't put lipstick on the mirror. We actually will connect with our energy self that's reflecting onto the surface of the mirror, change it there, and then what we see in the physical realm shifts. You know, you had a really good example in the book, and you talked about sitting by a lake and seeing the reflection of the trees and the sky onto the water. So maybe, you know, I really get that lipstick in the mirror concept, but maybe to just give people one more example of what you're talking about in terms of you can't change the reflection, you have to change the, 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 what, we, what we have as the energetic of it by talking about that example of the lake and the reflection on the lake. Absolutely. So if you imagine sitting at the edge of a lake or a little pond, and there's a tree right at the edge of that pond, and the water is very still, you're going to see the reflection of that little tree on that pond. And when we recognize that our higher self, our energy self, is the tree, and we make changes to the tree, then we see that shift of the reflection onto the surface of the water. If we're living in a life that is filled with drama, chaos, lots of noise, lots of activity, we'll actually create ripples on the surface of the water. And then the reflection has a distortion. And so if we recognize that the physical dimension always has a certain amount of distortion, but the more still we are inside ourselves in our core, the clearer the reflection on the surface of the pond. That's such a beautiful example, and I think it really says so much in terms of what a person uh, can see as changing their reality. Another concept that I've often heard you use is that we are soul riders as opposed to um, oftentimes just thinking that we are, that the body and the soul are all one, one being that think as one. You actually say that we're soul riders and that we each, each part of us has its own purpose and plan and consciousness. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so if you imagine riding a horse, recognizing that you have a saddle, you don't want to be smearing yourself all over the horse, you don't want to be micromanaging the horse, you are the rider. And when we realize that we are riding in a human body, nature, spirit, elemental, whatever you want to call it, we want to start cultivating a more co-creative experience with our body instead of maybe a codependent one or a fused one. And it's a process. Step one is to recognize that we are riding in a body. We are not our body. We are actually a light body. And when we're no longer in this world, we actually go back to our angelic true form. And so step one, recognizing that you are a rider in a body. Step two, helping the body recognize its own unique nature consciousness. And then step three is to really take responsibility for the vibration that you hold deep in your core in what I call the divine line. Then the body's more responsible for itself. And then the result of that, those three steps, is that we start moving into a really healthy, connected, co-creative relationship with the body as opposed to a fused, confused one. So it's, it's a gentle, gradual process that can take several years or several weeks depending on um, the energetic awareness. So it's, um, it's quite, it's quite a, it's like a, definitely a different perspective. 
you know, when you talk about it, it reminds me of the movie Avatar and when those beings would get on their beautiful winged creatures and they would plug in. And so it kind of yeah. is, is that that image that I get as the soul rider and, and the body. So if we're living yeah. in this multidimensional reality, is there some part of us that literally links into every one of the dimensions? And, and what would that be? I would say that I think I'm understanding your, cor- your question correctly, but when we bring our awareness into our divine line, river of light that flows on the front of the spine, and we feel our essence in that place, in that place we are connected to a state of oneness and love, and we are one with everyone and everything. But it's important to realize that we are choosing on some level to have an individual expression of our individual light. All of us here in the physical world are doing that. And so when we start connecting with the place of oneness, then we actually have the ability to recognize another person's essence and connect with them from that place of love to a deeper degree. I'm not sure that's your question, so you can clarify. That's exactly it. I I wanted to get, yes, I wanted to get into the divine line. And I think one of the most profound parts of this book is how you provide very clear examples that any person can relate to so that they really start to get a semblance of both their physical, their energetic, and energetic realms. And in regard to the divine line, you talk about the inner glass elevator shaft, and I'd love for you to go into a little bit of that so people can get an idea of what this river of light, the divine line that you speak of, really could look like. Yeah, it's it's really the process of using your imagination first just to recognize that you do have a beam, river, column, tube, crystal, glass, elevator, shaft flowing literally on the front of your spine in your body. So if you imagine taking your hand and pushing your hand in two inches, three inches, depending on your body size, you will eventually, you'll pass through the sternum bone, the chest bone, you'll eventually hit the front of the spine. And at an energetic level, literally half an inch, an inch, on the front of the spine is this column, this tube of light. And the lovely thing is, is that our inhale can actually pull us into that place. And so when we take a deep breath in, use our imagination and our intent to pull ourselves into this inner column, glass elevator shaft, and then you put a little request for your higher self, it's your energy self, to pull yourself into that inner river. You start gaining access to other dimensions, to your higher self, but in a really clear, safe, empowered, grounded way. When I had my enlightenment experience in 2001, I was dimensionally traveling and actually felt very unsafe and would get psychically attacked and take hits and it wasn't fun. And so this technique of pulling yourself into your inner river of light, divine line, front of spine actually helps you travel dimensionally in a really controlled way. Before we get more into that multidimensional reality spectrum and all of the different aspects to it, I would like people to know a little bit of the backstory of how you got to this information of how it started to come through you because I think so many people hit bumps in their life and they seem so uh, difficult that they often don't realize that they are actually opening to more knowledge or something greater or at least a greater awareness of the self. So if you could share a little bit about that. 
Absolutely. And fortunately, you know, I've been immersed in alternative medicine since my 20s. But then when in 2001, I was actually having a sound healing session, lying on a sound table filled with water. And within 30 seconds, my entire consciousness shifted. And I had this huge white light flash over me. And I had this perception and awareness of these other dimensions and beings. My empathic sensitivity went through the roof. After that enlightenment experience, I maintained that same level of awareness of other dimensions and beings and and a deep inner wisdom that was far beyond my earthly years. And with it came what I call the angelic Bluetooth headset. My guides were right there with me for the first three to four years, walking me through the process and helping me gather these tools, concepts, meditations, protocols, prayers, um, to help me maintain my sanity while holding higher levels of awareness of this multidimensional reality. And so... It's, it was not an easy process, but fortunately, I felt that angelic presence guiding me, walking me through different experiences and um, reminding me that I wasn't crazy. Now, not everybody that has these enlightenment experiences, we have many ones and big ones, um, has that angelic presence or they doubt it. And so the book is really there to help people that are having a shift in their perception of reality move into greater degrees of empowerment and control as they assimilate higher states of consciousness. Imagine a life filled with happiness, connection, and purpose. You're able to connect with the divine and perfect aspect of yourself. You feel protected and guided by a loving angelic presence. You use every challenge to grow stronger and to access a higher consciousness. You are healthy and filled with self-love. Deep inside, you feel creative, passionate, and joyful. And all of that is reflected into your life. Wouldn't that be lovely? Well, Alain Dale has created a step-by-step process to help you gain access to your energy self and the energetic resources it controls. As you develop these tools, your consciousness will evolve, your challenges will transform, and a deeper inner peace and empowerment will bloom. There are online resources to support you through this process, including additional meditations as you move through the book. And you can have a free week of a daily Cups of Consciousness and a free sample of a Tall Cups session if you'll go to cupsofconsciousness.com. You can find out more about Alea Dow and her resources at aleadow.com, A-L-E-Y-A-D-A-O.com. We'll be right back after this break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Jeel Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. Nurturing the spiritual spelunker in all of us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Alea Dow at aleadow.com, and she has just released her new book, Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms. This includes 12 downloadable audio meditations. You will learn that your real power comes from within and from beyond. When you explore your inner realms along with the higher dimensions, your life will start to change in amazing ways. She talks about in her book how she was her very own guinea pig and how her life was the lab. She learned how to discern the difference between thoughts and feelings and the thoughts and feelings of others. She learned how to hold appropriate boundaries, meet her own needs internally, and take responsibility for her inner and outer reality. She also found a beloved partner, a beautiful home, and created a bountiful livelihood. You can do all of these things and more. In this book, you will learn about the seven fundamental concepts each of which blends in and builds upon all the others. In each chapter, she explains a cup and shares a story about how she discovered and refined that cup with her clients and herself. She shares specific protocols and energetic practices and points you to audio meditations that will also help you embody the consciousness of each cup. The beauty of this book is at the end of each chapter, she really literally writes out the protocol for you. And it's something that you can state, you focus in on your divine line, you taking your breath, and you really start to understand that there's a a lot bigger you out there than you realize. Welcome back, Alea. I want to go back to something that you said earlier, and it had to do with, you know, the flash of light and the enlightenment experience that so many times we, we wish we had, that kind of experience that certain people talk about. But for most people, enlightenment is a daily process. They're small and large pieces that come in, and it's from the everyday mundane types of things. And for this reason, you've written this book, Seven Cups of Consciousness, and you go into different energetic aspects that we can work with that are with us. We are not alone, even though sometimes we may feel we're very much alone. So the first thing I'd love to do is help people understand how they really do have Uh, more than themselves around them. 
They do. And we've actually had an angelic presence of support around us from day one before we even got here into this world. And so when we are connected to ourselves, bringing our awareness into our divine line, we then have the capacity to connect with these beings of love and light that are surrounding us in another dimension to a greater degree. And a lot of my clients and subscribers will say to me, oh, yeah, I really want to connect with my team and my guides. And I'd like, okay, step one, connect deeply with yourself. And when you are connecting deeply with yourself, tapping into that energetic part of you, you're then able to receive more energetic information from these beings of love and light. And I think the one of the pieces to take into consideration is that we don't initially initially connect with these beings in another dimension with our mind. We do it with our energy self, our heart, our imagination. And so when we aren't looking from the mind place, we're letting ourselves receive the information at an energetic place, that process of connection accelerates. So often, especially for people that are seekers, they're, they're many times seeking those gifts of clear sentience or clairvoyance or clear audience, all the clairs. And they, it's, it's not often known that those senses are actually the energetic senses to our real senses. And so in order to, to activate or deepen into some of those other senses, what do we need to do with our real senses initially? Well, step one is to just think about for a moment, what is your strongest sense? Are you more visual, auditory, olfactory? At a kinesthetic level, do you feel? How do you think? How do you navigate? What is the most physical, sensitive sense you have? And as soon as you identify that sensitive physical one of your five senses, then you're able to start discerning that you actually already have a developed energetic sense, which I call the sixth sense. So just think of it from that place and then allow your energetic eyes to receive information, your energetic ears or your energetic um, body. It's our energy fields, that kinesthetic sense. So that would be the first step that I would start going into. And in the book, I talk about that a little bit more. But before we develop our energetic senses, we actually want to cultivate a strong connection with the divine line because as you become more sensitive, you will automatically, there's no way around it, become more empathic. And when I had that enlightenment experience, I was feeling other people's stuff 24-7, and it was overwhelming. And so by having the ability to pull yourself into your divine line, river of light, and feel your essence and find a place of soothing and calm, then you get your inner anchor point, and then you can discern when you want to open up and feel the energy of the world or of somebody. And it's a difference in the in the manner of handling um, the empathic response that you're getting, isn't it? Because we're naturally, even though we don't realize it, taking on through empathic sensitivity sometimes the, the thoughts, feelings, emotions of other people responding to that. But we don't even, at least in my experience growing up, that was a big issue for me. I didn't even realize that I was taking on other people's stuff. I thought it was mine. And so when we are anchoring in that divine line, are we simply making our own beingness more prominent to ourselves than the energies that surround us? Exactly. And then we have the ability to cultivate greater discernment about what is ours and what is another's. 
And then the next piece to keep in mind is that when we are only attached, desiring, and responsible for the vibration that flows in this inner river divine line, our empathic reactivity goes way down. And in those first few years, I was so attached to what everybody else was doing and respecting the planet or being in integrity or being conscious or being awake, and my empathic sensitivity was through the roof because I had my little hands out on everybody trying to control what they were doing. And so when I started lifting my attachment and my desire for others off of them and just back on myself, I actually became less empathically reactive and then was able to hold more compassion for people and whatever it is that they are dealing with. And I actually think that empathic sensitivity, the primary purpose of it is to help us cultivate greater compassion. A lot of people don't see it that way because it's just so uncomfortable. But when we have discernment and then we have compassion for the pain that another person is in, we're actually using that empathic sensitivity the way it's designed. You said something very important that I'd love to raise as a point, and and that is that when we're putting ourselves out there, and let's just use a cause for, for an example. If we're really fighting for a cause or we're trying to uh, make something happen, let's say global warming, let's say um, some issue that's going on in the Middle East that we're really against, or even something that's going on in our own communities. When we're so focused on that externally, then then we are we are actually not in our own divine line. We're actually putting our energy out or allowing their energy, that empathic sensitivity to impact us. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, and we're not creating a strong, coherent field of transformation. So we're actually negatively impacting the situation to an even deeper degree. And that's a very, very powerful statement to hear because oftentimes people think it's the more that I do out there that's going to create the change, but it's actually more that we do internally. And for a lot of people, they would think, well, focusing on myself is actually quite selfish. That means that I really don't care about the world but you're saying it's the exact opposite. It is actually going to help us cultivate that degree of compassion to do even more for the world because we're working on ourselves. Absolutely. On those, it's interesting. I've watched the energy for many years of what happens on the global peace days, right? Everybody's meditating for peace on the planet. And then two to three days after that, for those two to three days after that experience, it's almost like a backlash and people are really emotionally toxic. And I actually have a perspective that people are putting their peace, projecting their peace out onto different areas of the planet that are not in peace. And so we are now giving our gifts away energetically, projecting it, also projecting what we value onto another person, spiritual arrogance. And so if we took these days of peace, and we lifted all of our peace nuggets, all of our gifts, wisdom, and mastery for holding peace, and we hold it in our own divine line. We invite our body to do the same. We invite our team to do the same, the angelic realm to do the same. We're all holding this deep inner peace, not attached or desiring it for anyone else on the planet. Then we create this incredible, strong, coherent field of transformation, and the ego also stays in balance. Well, what you're also talking about is a really powerful sense of personal responsibility, and and that's probably what becomes most empowered throughout your book is this sense of self, this sense of inner power, 
that we hold to truly transform ourselves, and that just really ripples out into the world. I'd love for you to speak on that personal responsibility piece. Yeah, that's a big nugget to swallow because as soon as we realize that we are the creators of our reality, there is no universe doing it to us or God doing it to us, that we are actually holding a very particular vibration inside of ourselves, drawing particular situations to us and also reflecting our internal reality out on our, art, out on our outer world, we stop being a victim. But we have to have a certain amount of courage and level of integrity to swallow that nugget of personal responsibility. And when we are personally responsible for the reality that we create, then we actually have to go to a certain level of spiritual maturity. And so that is a process, and not everybody is ready to swallow that one. But when you do get ready to swallow that personal responsibility nugget, then you start being able to make the changes that you want to in the world because you're not giving your power away. And you brought up another word just then, which was the word courage. And so often we think about courage as something that is outward. It is an outward action. It is an outward being. But the courage you speak of is the courage to really hold and look at everything inside yourself, to, to, to bring into you on your divine line what is yours and to remove off of your divine line what is not yours so that you're not taking responsibility for other people. Absolutely. And courage is something that can take souls lifetimes to cultivate. And usually people will use very painful situations. They will get pummeled and they will have loss and devastation, disease over and over and over and over again to eventually cultivate a certain level of courage where they're willing to do whatever it takes to move into a more connected way of being with their essence. Now, I personally like the short, efficient path. I don't like to have to struggle for a lifetimes to attain very particular vibrations, and when we realize that the only thing we're responsible for is the vibration flowing in our divine line, courage gets a whole lot easier. Mm. You talk about a lot of other parts of us, and when I read through the book, it almost seems as if we are um, we are not only the architects of our reality, but that we are architectural in our design, because you talk about blueprints. Talk a little bit about shifting energetic blueprints and what they are. Yeah, so if you imagine that you have grids or blueprints for every area of your life, now those blueprints are not held in the physical dimension, they're held in a higher realm and then are reflected down here into the physical plane. You could think of your astrological chart as a blueprint for your life. And when you use your energy self to shift those energetic blueprints for your relationships, your finances, your creativity, and you infuse very particular vibrations into those blueprints, you start being able to tap into those qualities in the physical plane. So if I had my creativity blueprint, I would invite my higher self to infuse the vibration of motivation, inspiration, and passion into that creative blueprint, and then I would get pulsed into right action in the physical plane. So any aspect of our life that we do want to change, we're again not going to go to the physical dimension to change it. We're going to locate it in that higher realm and then infuse that blueprint with particular qualities and hold those same qualities in our divine line and then we'll be able to engage in those qualities in those areas of our life. And as we move through shifting 
there may be reason to move back towards a blueprint to, to go back. Let's say a person wants to work on relationships or money. Uh, and they do those protocols, they're going to shift themselves to a certain level of awareness and then hit another plateau where they then have to to go back? Or does this take care of it once and for all and then we are just enlightened? (laughs) Um, It's a (laughs) step-by-step process. That's funny. (laughs) Um, I think of enlightenment as a 33,000-foot mountain and we don't want to run to the top of it. Um, whenever you have something going on in your life, I think of it as what are you aware of in the moment? We can only change what we're aware of. And so with my finances, I would say, okay, I really want to experience more freedom and I'm projecting all of my freedom onto my money. Well, what would happen if I just had my finance grids, blueprints, hold greater freedom, and I'm finding freedom deep in my core. We then start creating and reflecting that vibration of inner freedom and higher dimensional freedom onto the finance grids. And then a certain amount of freedom starts to come in the finances, but now I want to feel a little more empowered. I want to have that fear of loss. And so then we would infuse the next vibration in depending on what our consciousness is showing us. We simply use it as an indicator. We watch the emotions, the thought forms, and the physical dimension as indicators of what we're holding internally and in the higher realms, and then we tweak and adjust appropriately until it's at a place where you are content, and then you might go through another phase and go, oh, I want it even bigger, or, oh, I want a little bit less, and so really allowing it to be a process. So everything really is all about you. Being in the physical dimension allows you to shift the vibrations in the higher realm, which in turn reflect onto the physical plane. When you wish to change the energy in the physical realm, ask for the energy in the higher realms to shift. Elena Dow recommends focusing on shifting qualities, not specific outcomes. When the quality shifts, the outcomes will flow naturally and easily. She talks about this and more. And it is from her book, Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms. There are 12 downloadable audio meditations. And as you move through, you can also request a free week of the Daily Cups of Consciousness and a free sample of a Tall Cups Energetic Session by going to cupsofconsciousness.com. We'll be right back with Alaya Dow. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Alain Dow, and her book is Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms. It's a beautiful book that truly allows you an understanding of the multidimensional experience that you are. Knowing that you are a spiritual being, having a human experience is eye-opening and inspiring, but it can be tangibly transforming in your life. Pioneering healer, healer Alea Dow does more than say yes to this question. She shows you how with stories and practices that are potent and fresh as a morning cup of coffee or tea. By turning into your inner world, you can work with the limitless energies that create your outer world, making strides you never thought possible. With the help of your higher self, your angelic support team, and the challenges you encounter every day, you will discover a whole new experience of empowerment, purpose, and joy. Alea Dow opened the first alternative health clinic in Telluride, Colorado, and has an international healing practice through her online subscribers and students. You can find out more at aleadow.com, A-L-E-Y-A-D-A-O.com. You speak a lot about the team, Alea, and I'd like to know and, and have the, the audience know a little bit more about that team. If we're not alone, what does that team do? How do they support us? What can we ask of them? Uh, introduce us to ourselves, please. As a child, you may have remembered having imaginary friends. And those imaginary friends actually consist of your team. Your team are, are at a similar level of consciousness that you are. Your guides, on the other hand, come and go depending on your needs and um, are actually holding a higher consciousness the majority of the time. So when you're working with your team, the best way to work with them is to ask them to hold very particular vibrations inside themselves, which will then positively, energetically impact you. Imagine if somebody is standing next to you in another realm laughing a little bit and feeling really empowered, joyful, and confident. You are going to empathically feel that, and your energy fields are going to start holding that same vibration as well. And so when we get our team to be co-creative with us, instead of asking them to do things for us or be attached to our reality, then we move into a really empowered way of being. Um, 
I remember when I was getting my pilot's license and having a really hard time learning how to land and take off, and I had my team go off and become master pilots and and master the ability to take off and land. And the next day in my lesson, I was being empathically impacted by them. They weren't doing it for me, but my body just could energetically know what to do. And my takeoffs and landings were a thousand times better than the day before. So Mm. we use our team as a huge resource. You know, my my little Chris was with me uh, this past weekend, and he started talking about imaginary friends. And he spoke of one imaginary friend that he calls Monkey. And I'm just assuming that that one must be in the mind. <laughs> but anyway, his name is Monkey. And, um, and he was talking about how mischievous he was being and how he was being a little pushy and a little, uh, uh, a little upset and a little angry. So when we have our children uh, speak about imaginary friends or we're talking about something like that, is, is that the team or is there a distinction between you know, the imagination, imaginary friends, or is that the development really trying to uncover itself as this other realm of beings that are us, a part of us, uh, working with us that we are here to acknowledge? Yeah, our team are not aspects of ourselves. They are their own individual soul being. And so with Monkey, I would say to Chris, Chris, is Monkey lost or does he belong to your core group? And then we would check in and Chris would say, well, he belongs. And then we'd say, well, what does Monkey want? Monkey wants to be, you know, he might want to be free or he might want to be acknowledged to a deeper degree. And then we would invite Monkey to acknowledge himself and to find freedom in his own divine line. So now we're actually helping a being shift themselves in another dimension, which helps them in their growth and their evolution. We're not doing it to Monkey but we're inviting Monkey to do it for himself. So the resources that you have in Seven Cups of Consciousness, they're not just really for ourselves, but these are actually a guide that we can truly utilize to to support our children in growing up uh, understanding the personal responsibility aspect and the degree to which they can communicate with their uh, multi-dimensions. Absolutely. If you know how to do it, then you can model it and then invite them to do it in their own unique way. And you just um, uncovered my secret next book, Seven Cups of Consciousness for Kids. Awesome. I think that's going to be quite a necessary book. And you said a very important word just now, and I've often heard you use that. And it is the word model. And you talk about modeling a way of being or modeling the energy, whether it is for uh, energetically the team, the, higher, the, the body, Deva, or also modeling for other people so that they see that same reflection. Why is modeling the most important way to truly create transformation? I think because it inspires, it teaches, and it doesn't disempower. So if I get attached to you being in a certain way, then I try to do it for you. Instead of me thinking about what I want you to be in, doing that inside myself, now I create this really strong vibration deep in my core. I'm receiving my own gifts. And if you want to be in that energy, you will. And if you don't, you won't. And so when we realize that the uh, that one of the most powerful ways of serving is to model a coherent energy, a particular vibration inside ourselves, 
then then we start seeing really beautiful changes in our outer world and in the people around us, but then we don't take responsibility for their changes and we don't get the ego boost. And a lot of the work that um, that I was exposed to in the spiritual community was all about using the gifts out on others. And then I started noticing that my own bank account and the bank account of those around me started decreasing. And I asked the question, why is that? And it's because we're taking our gifts and we're holding them externally, which negatively impacts our resources. And so when we're modeling the energy, we become a lot more abundant internally, which then positively impacts our resources in our outer world. So modeling is a key piece for a lot of reasons. It also keeps us humble. Well, and when we talk about modeling and we talk about the work that we need to do internally, a lot of people don't understand why there have to be so many obstacles. Why are there challenges? But in essence, Oftentimes, those very obstacles and challenges are the gifts that take us to our greater self or allow us to unwrap those pieces of ourselves that we're becoming aware of. Talk about how to use challenges in the outer world to determine what's going on energetically and to truly shift ourselves to a higher dimensional awareness. If we think of our challenges literally like weights in a gym, then we get to choose how we lift those weights or what weight machine we really want to be on. Do we want to be on the barbells or do we on the, be on the Pilates machine? And when we recognize that our challenges are simply here to help us grow and evolve and we get really efficient with us, with, with those challenges and we ask ourselves, what is it that my soul is really intending on mastering? So if I have created a situation of rejection, the solution is actually embracing my essence, connection. And when I'm not very conscious or aware, I will create many, many, many situations of being rejected as a way to wake myself up to the fact that I'm not deeply embracing my own essence. And then I'm creating outer situations that are the reflection of that internal reality. So when I start practicing embracing my essence in every single moment, every single time that challenge arises, then the challenge challenge transforms and I no longer have to use rejection as a mechanism to master connection. I'm using connection to master connection. So again, it's all about consciously recognizing what it is our soul is truly intending on attaining deep in our core. Beautiful. Most people are very anxious in regard to really living out their true purpose or or what they're really here to do on the planet, but oftentimes it leads to uh, not knowing what that is or, or, or telling oneself the story that I haven't figured it out or I'm not living out my true purpose. How, do, how does working with the seven cups allow us greater access to our inner gifts and identifying the soul's gifts? That's a really great question, and we would talk about the first concept, that we have a multidimensional reality that we live in. And when we invite our energy self to locate the dimension where we are being of service in the most beautiful, empowered, limitless way, and we allow our energy self to engage in that full passion, full purpose, full mastery, up high on a higher floor, then we get pulsed into right action in the physical plane. It's almost as if we make the physical dimension way too important. Make the higher realms more important. Do your work up there. And the physical dimension will be the reflection of what you're doing in those higher realms. 
And as we move more into working on working within our divine line, that is an act of self-love. That's probably one of the greatest acts of self-love that we can give ourselves. And you speak about that in your book, Seven Cups of Consciousness. Yeah, I think self-love as a prereq for a joyful life on planet Earth. And so the only thing that we really need to love is the light that flows in our divine line. And as I was writing it, I thought, well, how do you cultivate more self-love? And my guides came through with wise words and said, recognize the beauty of the light that flows in that divine line. And as we recognize the beauty and the essence, the beauty within our essence, then we cultivate greater degrees of self-love. Then we open to receive. Then we're modeling right energy. We're holding a stronger coherent field. Our body then starts to hold greater states of self-love as well. I want to thank you, Alea, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. It is wonderful, as always, to connect with you. Congratulations on a brilliant book that our world will so greatly embrace and utilize at this time, Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms. Definitely access the 12 downloadable audio meditations. Go to cupsofconsciousness.com and get your free week of daily cups of consciousness and a free sample of tall cups for yourself. There are ways to increase your inner resources and move yourself into a powerful, healthy, co-creative way of serving. You can use your gifts on yourself which prevents spiritual arrogance and judgment and experience greater protection and support when you feel the vibrations of your inner gifts in your divine line. You can find out about this and more as written in the Seven Cups of Consciousness. Thank you, Alea. I look forward to having you all next week for another great episode of 1111 Talk Radio. In addition, visit my own website, IamSimran.com. I'm unleashing... Uh, a beautiful 30 days of awakening free program I'd love for you to access just to help you wake up every morning experience more beautiful gratitude and more of your own essence within each and every day until next time in love of love with love and as love I am Simran be well Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.